This is the Untold Stories of Starting Over. I am Miriam Futai, your host. This is a four-episode series, and I truly hope that as you listen, that the stories of the women would remind you of the strength inside yourself. I pray that it will resonate with you, and if you know someone that you can share any of the episode with, please do. But welcome to the Untold Stories of Starting Over, where we interview great women who are doing great things in our community. how are you all doing today this is Miriam Fatahia let me say thank you so much for tuning back into the process of becoming podcast um you have listened to the series one and episode one of the series and I have had amazing feedback now let's get into the second episode of the untold stories around starting over we had our first speaker and we have our guest speaker in today today is going to be a bit different the women that on that series are women who understand what it takes to start their lives over. I know personally, I said it the last time that one of the things that held me back was the fear of starting over, the fear of the unknown. I had no idea what my future would look like, what my life would look like. And for that reason, I was held back. But these women are thriving. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they don't have their challenges or they do not face their challenges. But against all odds, I see them thriving. I see them creating new standards for we, the younger generation. So today, please let me introduce you to my amazing speaker. Her name is Latifat Abisola Olagoke. Sister Latifat is also, oh, she has a bachelor in business studies in entrepreneurship. She has a master's in legal science professional at Manage University. She is an award winner when it comes to social care advocates. She also works at her home care as a support worker. She is an humanitarian as well. And she has 15 years experience when it comes to trauma-informed care in healing from domestic abuse. So you can tell that our speaker tonight is well-informed. And that is what I want you all to tap into tonight. So if you're driving, drive safely. If you're at home, grab a pen, grab your book, because you will be learning something new tonight so let me introduce you once more no she needs to introduce herself i think i've done a fair job good morning, auntie good morning wherever you're watching from how are you doing today i am doing fine thank you so much for the wonderful introduction thank you so much um well as you as you've already introduced me right um my name is latifa tabisola olagoke um i'm currently working as a home care support worker and a social care worker, and I'm studying to become a social worker in here in the Republic of Ireland. And yes, as you said, I won an award in around the social justice um, for impacting life positively. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Auntie, for, uh, for being on this platform with us tonight. A lot of women, a lot of young ladies will definitely tap into what you have to share with us tonight. Please note, Auntie is also a grandma. So if you hear me saying Auntie, Auntie, Auntie a lot, you know that I'm a typical Nigerian woman and I have not lost my cultural value. So uh, stick with me on this one. So Auntie, this is what attracted me to you. Um, I was reading a post on your Facebook page and you were talking about a very traumatic experience about how you had to raise your kids by yourself and how you were looking forward to someone you love dearly coming over to be of support to you and how that was, you know, 
just not what you thought. And I just sat down and I just had to process what I've just read. Like, my goodness, like, especially for the African community, this is not something we are able to speak about. And for women that are starting over, this is one of our biggest challenges. So in terms of starting over, it means that you've been there and you've sailed through to the point of becoming a grandparent. So please share some of your stories with us, especially when you started. Okay, well, um, I moved to Ireland over 22 years ago. But let me just say to you that um, the background of the post that you're talking about, it's um, it's really about when I was a baby. Um, mm. You know, it didn't work out between my mother and my father. So apparently she left me for my father. You know, we all know what Nigerian is like, you know, mostly in Yoruba culture, men owns the children, you know. Yes. So mm. I don't know what transpired between them. But, you know, I, I witnessed that there was an occasion where my dad tried to arrest her, which is my mother, when I was a child. And from that, when she tried to come and visit me, and from that point onward, when I moved abroad, I took it upon myself to look after her, you know. So fast forward to when I was pregnant of my daughter in 20, um, 20, 20, 2006, actually, I was pregnant then, and my relationship was breaking apart, and I knew I needed help because I'm in a country whereby there's no family, there's no nothing, there's nothing, and I was up against friends who thought it was taboo for me to break away from an abusive relationship, really. So I called my dad. I said, listen, I need support. I need a mother here. I know I never grew up with her, but whatever happened between you and her should, you know, should not affect the future. I need you to help me. So she helped me bring her, but apparently we could only get her a UK visa. So she went to UK. So, um, you know, one thing led to another. She refused to come here, really, until when I got um, hospitalized from the high intense stress of having to look after two children on my own. The father wasn't, didn't want to be involved. And that was one of the reasons why we broke up anyway in the first place. He didn't want to be a father, you know, you know, and I was stressing up. He wants to enjoy um he wants to enjoy a married home without the responsibility of being in a married relationship, really. So he was trying to live a single life and enjoy the married benefits. So it wasn't going to work out. So disappointed, you know, disappointingly, my, my birth mother really did not come here until I was hospitalized after several years when she had came to UK since 2006. So she did not get here um, until 2012 when I was hospitalized. So she only spent few times with me. And I don't know, maybe it was her own traumatic background, but I mean, from being a trauma-informed care trainer, I can see that she has her own trauma that she's dealing with because she was basically fighting me as she was dealing with me as if we're rivalry, we're 
we're married to the same man. She wasn't treating me like her child. She wasn't motherly. She wasn't any of that. So I was I was surprised. I was like, what? So anyway, we didn't get along. So she left the country to go back to um, UK. So I've had to take care of my children all by myself. Now my first son is 20. My daughter is uh, it's going to be 17 in a few days. I now have a granddaughter. But it was a huge stress upon myself, whereby you, the only person you think would help you after you looking after her when she was back there in Nigeria, you, you know, and then she was making an excuse that it was my daddy's fault that she never looked after me. And then she... um. She disappointed me the second time in my adulthood. And, you know, it was such it was such um, a shame, really. But I, I scaled through it. I'm now, you know, I'm now comfortable. I've reached, I'm still reaching my goal every day. But do you know what? You can do it when you set your mind to it. And thankfully, the system here in Europe is when you're struggling, even though some people see it as, a bad thing and the government taking the children from you if you're unable to do that. But I mean, when I had no family and nobody for the kids to go to, the government had to step in and take the children and put place the children in other families' house until I got better. So, which led to me writing a book that we need to remove the stigmatization of, and we also need to work with the government to say, the government shouldn't only be coming in when we are in dire need. There need to be a norm of um, the government supporting families, supporting parents, most especially um, single parents, not just forcefully separating children from parents, but supporting them to be a better parent. If they have to take the children for a while, but you know, not in a vicious way that they're going on about it because there are families that they viciously separate the children from their family and they never return back their children. I'm not saying in all cases it was due to um, the family. It wasn't right because there are some children who are being abused. So the government have to do the right thing by the child. But then again, you know, I had to write a book about the fact that single mothers specifically do need help. And that book spoke about, um, that book touched on child to parent abuse, whereby, you know, you can't take, you, you. it's difficult to find support for you to get help. So I'm using that avenue to, in, in, you know, influence policies for, for, for parents to get support really. That is, um, honestly, that is mind blowing because I was blessed to read a chapter from the book, the one you sent to me, and I was just raving about it. I spoke to three different people and I said, um, in as much as you haven't given me the permission to share the book with them, but I am so looking forward to the completion of the book because I am a single parent myself. And I, what I have had to do during this journey is that I have had to work on myself. 
I have had to unlearn a lot of toxic patterns that I picked up as a child growing up. I have had to look in the mirror and say to myself that I would not be part of that stigma and my children Mm. would never be part of that stigma. You know, there is the stigma that children that comes from a single parent household do not thrive, do not do this. And when I read your book, what it made me realize is that that is not the case. Of course, it happens. It happens in single parents' houses. It happens exactly. in married couples' houses. But there is so much more beneath the surface that we are not touching, that we just cracked in and we can go deeper. And what I'm also realizing from the book, and I do, like, when we spoke the last time, I'm like, oh, I do have a course. I take behavioral courses so I can help myself and help my children. And Absolutely. what I'm also realizing is that as Africans, or some of us as Africans, we struggle to unlearn patterns. Mm. And these patterns mm. are the reason why the stigma might take longer to go away. Why mm. the children coming from single parent household might fall into the stigma because we're refusing to break the stigma and the pattern so that mm. our children can actually do better. Mm, mm, absolutely. I was, I was, I was holding. I'm a, I'm a dramatic person. You can tell with my hand. I gesture a lot. (laughs) Honestly, I'm like, I, this is me. And me reading the book, I was like, oh my god. I was screaming like, oh my god, oh my god, like, oh my god, she's so (laughs) running, and I could not help it. And when you even spoke, there's a um. Uh, a paragraph in the book where you were speaking about parent to child, no, child to parent abuse. And I'm saying that this is huge in the African community because as a life coach, I speak to young moms, I speak to single parents, right? And this is why I wanted you on the platform so that people who have gone through this can come and share their experience with other people who are going through it and thinking your life is over. Your life mm. is not over. We have so much so much more to do with our lives. Exactly. So much more. And I'm just like, no, I, you, you need to be here because the paragraph in the book was saying about parent to child abuse, no, child to parent abuse. And as an African, I come from an authoritarian background. I call, I say, my, if, if my step ones happen to call me, they refer to me as soldier. That means I'm very firm with my approach. Um, mm. And I, like something I inherited. Now I'm unlearning the soldier yes. approach, but still be firm in my mm. approach. I can be firm in love. You know, mm. I'm seeing as a coach that once um the single parent journey be- be- begin or begins, we want to be friends with our children. We want mm. to love our children and we cannot be mom and dad at the same time. And mm. in that place, the children can become abusive because mm trying to hold back training or you're trying to hold back discipline because you do not want the child to miss out from the other parents yes yes so when i read that i was like oh my god oh my god i was like who is this woman like oh, I, was <laughs> I was like this is it because these are informations that are not being put out into the public domain enough Yes, yes. And many, many family are stigmatized. Just so we are very certain, this research, this is an academic-led book. So it wasn't just an opinion. This is a well-researched book that shows evidence that the child to parent abuse doesn't only happen in a single mother's home. It happens in two parents' home as well. Even 
people that are wealthy they they do experience it people that it doesn't it doesn't have people that are less privileged it happens and even after i had published that book i saw an article in nigeria that was you know doing a research about how some children actually kills and murder their parents and there's a trend there's there's a there's 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 a trend in these things so it just doesn't happen in europe or europe it does happen in africa as well it's just that with our stigmatization and all of that we cover it up and we 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 just pretend everything is onky dory but you know if we speak out and we we write about these issues, you know, then we can influence policies in the right way to get support. And when you are saying, when the point that you also said about people, you know, about, you know, people not speaking out and all of that, this, um, you know, there's many traumas that we have actually in, um, you know, that's been passed on. There are patterns, as you mentioned, that our parents has brought us with that in this country might be considered as abuse and we need to be self-aware about them. So Absolutely. that brings me to my training in trauma-informed care where I touched on all these traumatic um, things that we've been brought up with that we're not self-aware that we're passing on to our children that we've normalized that it's not healthy at all so you know all all this all you know all this information needs to be out there in the public we need to we need to read more we need to engage in this kind of trainings in order to become self-aware and be better for our children we have to be better. We do not have a choice right now because the, the type of children that we are raising with AI mm. technology and it's not the same pattern or mm. the same um <laughs> the same whatever as we had. Recently, my son asked me a question. We because I said to him, honesty or dishonesty, we practice that at home that you have no reason to be dishonest with me, even mm. if I'm going to no please be honest with me and you can say but don't say no at the back mm. and then I can consider what you're asking me and he, he looked at me and he said mom when you were growing up did you have toys and I just sat down like oh oh what kind of question is this one? you know I sat I, I had to like um reflect I had to reflect and I said well I didn't I didn't have toys growing up mm. And he mm. said, hmm, my son is a critical thinker. He's five, but his brains are like that of an adult. So mm. in terms of conversation, we are very, very careful with how we process our conversations. Mm. And I allowed him to process that. And the next thing he said was, oh. So I'm like, what is the problem? It's like, um, now I see. <laughs> oh my God, you took the, I don't know what I did within that short space of time to make him think did mommy not have toys you know mm. because I, i'm a very honest person my my parental approach is is different but is intentional i'm mm. not the mom that will sit down and you see me make toys and all of that but when it comes to going outside and running with my kids and becoming dirty and muddy i'm very good at that so mm. i look at what i'm good at and i make sure that they all enjoy what i am good at but when mm. it comes to toys, sometimes I feel like it's sensory overload for me, myself, as a mom. Mm. So 
So I don't know what I had to ask him, you know, that time, like, why did you ask me that questions? And then he made me realize that I packed up some of his toys to the corner. So I was mm. like, oh, I'm like, well, growing up, I didn't have a lot of toys. Like, I never mm. had any toys growing up. So exactly. now that he told me, I promise going forward, I would work on actually playing with those dolls with you. Because in my head, I see the dolls and the thing I'm thinking is, oh, Kalaba. There is a spirit. Coming <laughs> Honestly, I'm thinking there is a spirit coming into the door. Mm. I'm already anointing and praying. I only mm. can't So I realized that I now need to work on that mentality exactly. and that. But till he asked me, I never realized that I still was in that phase. Phase, yeah. I shared yeah. that because you said self awareness. And yeah. a lot of us, or a lot of the African communities, still lacks self-awareness yeah. exactly. when it comes to the system here. Yes, yes, and it's it's actually disheartening how the speed of ways children are being taken from, like people from our community, and given to um, foster families, and you know, um, you know, carers, and all of that because we're not self-aware about the country we're living in. And we, and then, you know, and even, even some people in Nigeria, you, you, they're still doing the same thing their parent did to them and they're expecting different results. Mm. It's not gonna mm. happen. Yeah. You need to become self-aware. So my book, is, my book is actually written to influence policy to make this Western world, especially Ireland, parent friendly because you anything that happens they blame the mother it's anti-women it's anti-mother anti-parent so this kind of books are in are to influence policy not just to for people to seek help but when they do seek help that they do receive the help that they needed to mm. amazing and my my training in trauma-informed care and domestic abuse is also, you know, it actually opens your eyes to, because I use our real African culture as an illustration, as an example, that many light bulbs will be popping on your head. You'll go, oh my goodness, I've been doing this thing viciously every day, and I never realized the impact it's having on me mentally. Mm. We have been conditioned wrongly and we keep doing the same vicious thing being trauma traumatizing relieving huge you know this trauma and then we want different results it's not gonna happen and we keep mm -hmm. passing this to the future generation which is our children it's really sad because our children the rate at which they mirror us is just is insane my mm. son will say things to my daughter like in in the language and it will point his hand and tell her, Shuarai, meaning <laughs> be careful. And when I when I hear those things, I, I kind of kind of like um I sit up and I check <laughs> myself. Honestly, it makes me check myself to see, okay, yeah. are there any things that I am saying to these children that I should not be saying to them? I'm like, Shuare, mm -hmm. why check that? Okay. I kind of process in my head, okay, those are those are okay. Because as a as a parent and as African parents, sometimes we might unintentionally have this abusive behavior yeah. that mm. we are not self-aware about. Exactly. Just because 
Just because you suffered as a woman, you suffered as a mother, does not mean that your children have to suffer. Exactly. In fact, I had to intentionally parent my daughter and my son to equally teach them, you, you know, cooking is a life skill, you know, both of them cooks, both of them are responsible for cleaning, even though it's hard for them to do it, you know, coming, you know, because they're mm. looking for an Irish mommy that does everything for them. And unfortunately, <laughs> they have to learn that because if they go into university, they have to learn how to clean up after themselves and all of that. You know, I've brought them up intentionally. And even now, the things that I was never permitted to do when I was a child, like as a 16-year-old, you're not have you're not permitted to have a boyfriend. I'm finding myself opening up to my daughter, my daughter telling me, Mommy. I, I, I have, I, I want to introduce a boy to you. And we were basically well able to communicate about it, you know, about sex, not having sex until certain age, until certain achievements. But I don't mind you exploring, you know, going on a date, exploring, finding yourself before you commit to another relationship. Because from our background, your family wants you to go education, education, and all of a sudden, when you graduate from university, they want a man to show up all of a sudden. And we mm -hmm. haven't been permitted to explore ourselves because when you're dating, that's when you find out what you don't know about yourself. Things that your mom is telling you, you might not see it. But when another person tells you, there are many things my daughter is telling me now. So, Mommy, you see everything because it's she came from a single parent. There's no second person to tell her what I'm saying. So it's she's only getting the view from one person. One person. So when she starts dating now, and the guy, the boys kept saying the same thing I'm saying to her, she's now becoming self-aware of it. But if I had say, no, 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 you can't date anybody, she wouldn't be discovering this and she wouldn't be discussing all this with me either. Do you understand? And mm. we've already we already made a conclusion that there's no sex because that's not what you need now. It's education. So she freely bring the boy in. I speak to the boy. I say, you know, she's only 16. She's not ready for sexual activities. You guys can relate on, on a friendly, close boyfriend, but she's, there's just no sex and everything. And if I had said, I want to be an African mother, hey, I don't want to see boyfriend and everything. She will still do it behind my back. And worst case scenario, she will bring on plan pregnancy to me. Mm, absolutely. You know? that we, we can do better. We we have to learn because I, I believe that starting over allows us to see um, different ways of doing things. It allows mm. us to be better. It allows mm. us to release the past and look forward to a brighter and a more beautiful future. For me, it's brighter and it's beautiful. Mm. In as much as there will be challenges and it's trials, it is still better than where we were all coming from. So mm. thank you for sharing that, Andy. I have one no more problem. question for you. Um, as a, With 15 years in trauma-informed care and domestic abuse, how were you able to pull yourself out? Like, it's not easy. I've seen a lot of women, um, thank God for your life. I've seen a lot of women um, passed on. Mm. I've seen women that never recovered from it. Yes. And I've well, seen people in the mental institution. Yeah, well, let me just say to you, 
I also went into mental health institution. That was when I told you my mom came to Ireland in 2012. Yeah, mm. I went into mental institution as well. But the thing that kept me going was my children. I had nobody. Nobody's here to help me. And it's either I keep, I stay in the hospital and die there or mm. just get up and just get hold of myself and what I did is I dip myself into learning. So I only started doing my trauma-informed care two years ago, but my, my domestic abuse has been a recovery journey of 15 years. Have, I'm still recovering. I am still recovering. So it's a recovery experience of 15 years from domestic abuse. So I have dipped myself into knowledge, into research, because everything I was told as an African child was a total lie. Because I found research evidence that proved otherwise. So right now, I am now, my aim is to now teach everybody to become self-aware so that you know what choices you are making so that you are self-aware about you are making an informed choice informed decisions now there's nobody can come to me and say look at you single mother your children because i have deep myself in knowledge and a research-based everything so what you are saying it's a lie it's on it's unfounded so you cannot affect my self-esteem because I know information that is beyond what you are talking about. That's right. And I've mm -hmm. written about it as well based on those research. That's it. The, yes. the words around this is that first, our community or the way we relate to people is that we break down their self-esteem. Mm. And I think that's the first place where people start to lose their mind completely. Mm. And before mm. you know it, you lose your mind and you're like, who am I or who am I becoming? Exactly. And I have I have some women. Um I read some posts, and from reading the person's post, you can tell that this is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Mm. And my heart, my heart genuinely bleeds like. Are we ever going to get it right as a community? Are we ever mm. going to be able to show compassion and love as a community? So mm. I just want to say well done and thank you because mm. it's nice to see people who are moving forward, who are thriving, thriving, not masking it. Someone said to me, everyone wears masks. And I said mm. that there are certain masks that right now, this minute, this century, we no longer need them. Because mm. you're hurting yourself, you're not helping anyone. So some mm. masks need to be taken off so that we can see clearly where we're going. If not, we will keep repeating the same mistakes. Vicious, vicious, just vicious circle. Just going in round circle, and you're not moving forward. Absolutely. Vicious. Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. This is as in we need to do a proper, proper Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And we need to hear this out so that this women, my sisters, the ones coming behind me, the ones before you that don't have access to these resources can start tapping into these resources. Because when a black woman is saying it, it is different. Mm. Because mm. we understand our people's pain on a different level. Absolutely. I remember 
to my um, therapist um, sometimes last year and he said, you should talk to this person. And I, I had to, I'm like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> I've just said this, that you think, she's like, yeah, you should definitely have this conversation with this person. I just look like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Because if you do, you won't tell me to go all the way and have that conversation. You, you don't want to see me alive tomorrow. And it makes sense because we understand it. So our mm. approach can be completely different to, mm. to someone else. So thank you so much for sharing um, this with us about your book. Is the book available for us to buy now? No, it's still in progress because there's a, I, you know, by the time I publish it, which is less, maybe by next year or two, it's, it's, you know, I want it to be so rich and so current and so relevant to black community mm. that the information on the final part, um, chapter will be so powerful and influences policy. So mm. I'm not in a rush because I just don't want to publish anyhow. I want to impact policy with it. Okay, because the first chapter that I read, there was like, you validated some of the things that I was feeling. I was like, I, I wish I recorded my facial expression. Uh, you know, when you get this feeling that I'm doing it right, I think the yeah. word I need is, I was like, yeah, like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, when you feel like I am doing something right here, I was like, yes. so, and you are so doing happy. something right. You are doing great. You are exceeding. So don't let anybody tell you otherwise because of your marital status that it's going to be this, it's going to be that. No, as long as you keep on this track, empower yourself. If you see anything about your children, empower yourself with knowledge on how to deal with it. And working on books like this influences policies that someone like yourself would not be discriminated based on your marital status in getting help and support that you needed. We're looking forward to this book. I, I am looking forward <laughs> to this book. Thank you so much. Um, our community can actually, not just our community, even not just, you, not just our community to be honest, yeah. not, just, not just the black community, but exactly. And I'm looking exactly. forward to it. I mean, if, if there, there's already research there for the predominantly white community and everything who well, I needed to make our voice heard from this heard. book. We need oh, our oh. uniqueness to be heard. It will. Mm. We're rising. It will. It will. <laughs> it will. It will. Um, you have some services that you offer. I know you're into coaching. Um, you have a lot of master classes. I think the first post I saw was your master class. And the minute I saw trauma informed, I did not even read the rest. I was like, yes, what's she doing? I, I, was, like, <laughs> I was like, read, read, read. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I'm going to like this person. Follow, follow, follow. Let me keep reading. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you have any um, offers at the mini? That well, the, the program is um, we do. I do the training online and surprisingly, majorly people from Nigeria, people who join my class, actually. But it doesn't matter what country you're in. You could mm. join it from anywhere. But the masterclass is getting better and bigger because next year we are going to make it and do a parenting course for families in, in different, like I'm, I'll be focusing on the teenage years. We have another person 
we'll be focusing on talking to the youth and hopefully you can join us and you know you know do talk the, to the children yeah talk to the children exactly I am, i'm considering it. i still i talked about it this morning <laughs> um in, yeah. in the hope to actually have this course lecture in colleges officially with people getting certification and award recognized by the state that would be good that would really be good because we can catch them as young as possible exactly. that would be good yeah well god in your hands <laughs> but that is amazing um is there any other things or other courses or other offers you have on the table for us right now um at the moment if anybody wants to follow me on facebook i'm latifat abisola olagoke i'm on i'm on linkedin with the same name i'm latifa consulting on other social media platform which is instagram and tiktok so if they want to follow me, but the, the main place you could follow my activities because I empower people through my Facebook page as well. So it's to join and add me as a friend on Facebook. I will add you as long as you're not coming to ask me out on a date because that's not what that platform is for. It's for empowerment. You're good to go. Amazing. You've heard that auntie is not husband auntie or boyfriend auntie. So if you're a man and you happen to listen to this episode, stay away. Um, but yes, this, this, is, this is just amazing. And I truly believe that just sitting and thinking about this, I am just thinking we have to do something for our community, even based on your masterclass. We still have to have a conversation around things we can do um like short short courses 45 minutes yeah. one hour even if, yeah. if honestly my head is about to explode because right now i'm thinking we need to bring these courses to the ground uh grassroots to into churches into religious places like mm. places where the women oh yeah i'm starting with my church as well amazing yeah, i'm working with my church as well yeah i'm like i'm not a christian i'm not a muslim and everything but i'm i've spoken to the um, leaders in my old churches and they're mm. hoping to receive me back to support the children you know Good. the teenagers in the department yeah amazing yeah. that is thank you so much for doing that because if courses like this can be um presented to the youths to the children mm. earlier enough it would help them to process a lot of things that they are feeling and they might be unable to talk about it even at yeah. home. So, yeah. oh my God, this has been amazing. I feel like we can go on for another one hour. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this has been really good. Ladies, aunties, sisters, oh my God, my aunties, I brought you an auntie because from the last episode, I was sure that some of you were waiting to see me and smack my bum. Please don't, I have apologized. So I brought auntie, <laughs> For this one but i'm sure that you have been able to connect to her from a different level i understand that trauma is different for everyone is different for every one of us and i keep sending you love i keep sending you all the positivity um that you need but you have to be intentional about your healing if not you will find out that you're making the same the same mistake in a different way you would also find out that you think that you don't want to do the things that was done to you to your children but one way or the other, you are unknowingly doing those things to your children. 
It is until when they start to mirror it back to you, you understand, ooh, 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 tomato, tomato, something must be done here. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please go on to Anta's page and follow her. I'm going to leave our social media links in the show notes. I'm going to leave the masterclass link in the show notes as well. I know she has a class for like a hundred pounds. Am I right? Am I wrong? Yeah, wrong? yeah. Let's Depending on which country you are, Okay. Um, in Nigeria is 100k in US is 100 dollars in Europe in Ireland which we spend euro is 100 euro amazing so my dear mothers please I beg you in the name of God you're not helping anyone by keeping quiet I know our culture our tradition community encourages you to keep quiet because that's how you're a strong woman and I've told you many, many times that the definition of a strong woman goes beyond keeping quiet. A strong yes. woman is that woman who stands up for what she truly believes in, who allows a voice to be heard, who realize that I can be bold and I can be the true person that I want to be. That is mm. also the definition of a strong woman. And I know that you are one. So I'm going to leave and love you until the next episode. This is the Untold Stories of Starting Over. My name is Miriam Fatah, yours truly, and our guest speaker today is Latifa 